Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 65, and today we welcome our first return guest, James the Shed Hollingshead on It's Just Bodybuilding. Ron's on fire today. I can already feel it. That sounds good. James the Shed Hollings Head. It was just, it was flowing. We're, let's just call this episode now. It's enough. Good job. So you've got, you've got what I call the, uh, I don't know, you shaved clean and now you're growing a fresh beard. Just keeping it super tight. Super tight. It's nice and thick, but real short. And it looks like you're emphasizing the stash. Is that just the lighting or is the stash a little thicker? Well, maybe the stash is from my 70s porn days. I don't know. Even right, though I wasn't it, born in the 70s, it still makes sense. Looks like you got it's all even, and it looks like you like darkened in the the cop stash, just like that might be from like the drinks getting on there. Right, right. You never know. <laughs> Could be my Starbucks. Who? Look at this. I got the coffee. It's I like think we're we're seasonal we're, cups now. Look, we're wearing the same colors. No, well, blue, but I went with a different blue. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're blue and white. And what color is your hat? Is that gray? No, oh, this one's black today. All black. Black, black on black. Because I just I just had these made, actually. So they're coming we're in. We're in the same shirts and we're on the same drugs. Absolutely. High <laughs> on life. That's what you mean. If James isn't in a blue shirt, are we still going to have him or what are we going to do? I'll take James if he's wearing a loincloth. That's uncomfortable for me, but okay. Okay, we're going to bring James Holling's head on. Let's do it. Awesome to have you back on the show. You are our first return guest. Wow. Wow. That's a privilege. Am I connected all right now? Because my internet seems all right. Oh, yeah. no, you see. I mean, I don't think you get any prettier than that. Okay. I'm just checking, man. I just don't want to let you guys down. You know, it's... What's, what's with the glasses? It's because I've got this bright, bloody light in my face because my light's off and I've got this on. Right. Ah, okay. Okay. So I'm, just trying to, I'm trying not to burn my irises out. I thought I didn't know if they were like some high tech, you know. They are blue. No, they are blue light glasses, so they're meant to help with like screens and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I noticed know. that you um you were not wearing the blue light glasses last year, and you started wearing them this year, and you started winning bodybuilding shows. Well, there you go. It's because coincidence. I think not. I think not. It's because I can actually sleep now. No, they're actually <laughs> really good. I would suggest getting a pair. I know it looks a bit stupid, but right, yeah. right. I disagree. I, I want to wear them, but I can't find any cool ones like those. These are just cheap ones of Amazon. They were the first ones that came up. That's what I fucking need. Uh, I literally was looking at look fancy look ones. Sometimes that's, what you need is there on the surface. That's the type of guy James is. He's sort of like me. He's the first the first one that comes up on Amazon. Boom. Right. Eight pound. Yeah, I'll have them. They're pretty yeah, You would real. think. Like, I'm, a, I'm a surface stopper in pretty much every way. It's amazing that I dug deeper for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like once you go into the labyrinth, there's no way out. So I thought, <laughs> better, better not enter the, enter the cavern. You, 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 love, you love the references to magical kingdoms and fantasy worlds. I just like fantasy shit. Like. Yeah, yeah. Everything's a labyrinth. I think I've got my um, – I don't know if you can see this. Yes. I get Resident Evil shirt on. There you yeah, go. Yeah, man. The classic Resident Evil 2. Is that like the equivalent of Die Hard 2? It's an equally good sequel? Yeah, yeah. It's one oh, yeah. sequel that was actually better than the original, like Aliens. 
Right. There you go. Like, See? You don't get it often. You don't get it often. Aliens oh. and Terminator, Terminator Judgment Day. I, I think Empire Strikes Back also falls in there, too. That was a step yeah. up, you know? Yeah. There's not many. There's not many. I reckon there's a handf- there's probably a handful in our lifetime of those sequels that exceeded the originals. So hold on to them dearly. Yes. See? <laughs> I love a very that. valid point. We're going deep so with you know? Godfather 2 is another. There you go. The list is short, though. So, so, so we probably have hit five there, and I reckon there's no more. Yeah, there's no more. I, I like I like that sort of f- finality. There will never be another. There will never. Right? Will never. Love it when people say stuff like that. There will never be another. <laughs> like, really? In this case, I don't disagree, though, because then you get, like, the hangover, and you're like, why did you, why, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> you, know, o- you know, overburn, overkill. Overkill is what they say, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, actually, let me just one more, slip one more in there before we move on. Yes. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Ah, very good. Okay, no, well, I would have been disappointed if you wouldn't have hit a Lord of the Rings reference at least once during this episode. So you got it out of the way early. Yeah, no, oh, but we have a lot of times so we're going to need at least one more because it's only 1153. <laughs> so, so how is life? Wow, that could be the question. How is life? Yeah, life? Stop. <laughs> yeah right there. <laughs> uh, life's good. Just uh, trying to wind down a little bit now, if I'm honest, guys. Just trying to breathe and take it all in and just realize the achievements that have been done and just uh, appreciate rather than remain um, in that mode of which you don't take nothing in and you just keep forcing it, forcing it, forcing it, um, which is necessary in order to get the achievements done, but you can't live that way if you're never, you know, because if you live that way, you'll never appreciate the things that have happened. So right now I'm just kind of like switching off a touch and um, slowing down mentally and just allowing things to kind of settle in and just enjoy it. Nice. Allowing so yourself, allowing yourself to be, to be in the, yeah, to be, yeah. To be, man. Yeah. Just to be. Man, um, it's been an intense year. I, uh, you know, how does this does this year make sense to you now in a yeah, way it does it feels purposeful um it's purposeful for me because it's it's a challenging year for everyone it's been a right shit year for everybody there's not one person out there this year hasn't affected in a in a negative light and um i think in that at least for myself i can say that these years shouldn't happen all the time and they won't mm-hmm. and i've proven to myself that even when these times do come that they're not enough to to block anything that I wish to see done um, if I want it. So it's just made me realize that your own inner strength is still still very much important, even in times when you're not in control. So um, yeah, does it? I, I you know I know a lot of people probably unfortunately don't ever have the feeling, but how do you feel when you you know you 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 realize that you realize how powerful you are. Um, it, it, do you know what? It makes you very happy to know that you're alive and that the future is still in your control. Cause there's been times in your life when sometimes you wonder what is ahead and you wonder if you're strong enough to make anything else happen. And you do say to yourself, is this everything I'm capable of? Um, and when you feel that way, sometimes it feels like, Am I going to spend the rest of my days just existing rather than creating or being and, and, and making something? Uh, and, you know, there's been a couple of years where I felt like, oh, 
you know, where do I go from here? Um, but this year, you know, it's definitely certainly improved my life and, and allowed me to realize that I'm still very much able to create so many opportunities and just so much good feeling with just effort. So, yeah, to be, to be honest, it's just it makes me feel like excited for the future, which is something I haven't had for a while. When you um, something I, I noticed uh, and I think you might have even touched on it verbally um, a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, obviously it's funny, but I feel like we just met and I've known you forever, um, that you were kind of a guy who had accepted the idea that you were going to be one of the like second tier pros. You'd be, you'd be good, you know, whatever you'd have a career. What took place, uh, or what things took place that made you say, no, fuck that. I'm going to go for it and actually believe I can, I can do this. Cause I think, it's something I I have so many people that reach out to me, and I know yeah, you guys yeah. do too, that'll say, do I have the ability to do X? Mm. And I'm nervous when they do that because I always want to say, well, no, because you're asking for permission. Mm. Um, so what? why did you give yourself permission to stop deciding you were going to be the background guy and become the guy who won everything he did? I, I'll, I'll just be honest. That's a very easy answer. It just resonated with me then. It's, it's justification for Luke it's 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 not it was like i was i was pissed off for luke not being able to see himself get to where he should mm-hmm. um knowing that he would have got there mm-hmm. and i felt like my only option was to resume and right. be somewhat as much as i can a small vessel of of, a, of some of his essence and take it forward and um at least represent him and represent what he was about and see the job done. I, I was determined to see his job done. Um, right. And that's like purely it. It was like almost like he was in the driver's seat. Like I was just like, okay, you can take the wheel and my body will be whatever you do with it. Just make me work. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds weird, doesn't it? But that's, that's like when you ask that question, I've never answered that before. And that was the first thing that came to my head. Right. So no, it, I, it doesn't I, sound I, weird to me at all. It sounds mm, clear. <laughs> yeah. That, that it's just <clears throat> knowing that you're one of your best friends didn't manage to showcase his true potential and get the achievements he deserved. So a frustration of wanting to show that Luke's still here in a sense, mm-hmm. and he's still able to kick all your asses and I'll show you through me right. <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's like a vicariously, you know, carrying on trying to carry on, you know, trying, cause I can't say I am, but I'm trying my best to carry on the legacy of someone who, uh, unfortunately just didn't manage to, fulfill his Mm -hmm. so you've you've used the word uh creative several times already um creating that's you've you've mentioned it um you know most people don't think of bodybuilding as a creative thing to be doing with your time Mm -hmm. but i know that you look at things a lot differently how do you see what you're creating so you know creation is something that costs something it'll cost materials it'll cost effort it'll cost time it'll cost money it'll cost something it isn't free you can't you can't magic something from nothing yeah Mm -hmm. so nothing appears substance doesn't appear from no substance so i just look at it like i'm alive on this planet and i have something to offer how am i going to spend it and this is the way i choose to spend it so my currency is my effort and my effort goes into something that i can visually 
display, mm. which is an easy way for me to contextualize what I am. Like I find that the easiest way to represent myself um, rather than verbally, rather than me creating something else to show you mm-hmm. when it's myself, it's the easiest way to portray how I wish to spend that exact currency. So I, I kind of just look at it as a way that we will have a certain amount of time and energy here. How are we going to spend that? And when I say spend that, that means both time and the energy. And mm-hmm. bodybuilding for me is just a, 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 an excellent way to show where your energy has been put um, and what direction and how accurately you've put it into something. So that is the masterpiece for me. And um, I've just realized that you have more energy than you know as long as you choose to be around people or involved with people who feed that energy so you can actually have energy on tap as long as you choose to be in an environment that feeds it rather than takes away so that's your choice as a person whether you want to be around that where you have to sustain your own energy because you're giving a lot to people around you and trying to maintain others or you choose an environment where it's mutual and you seem to all feed each other and that leaves you with almost an unlimited amount of potential in anything you wish to chase because if you're constantly fed positivity or that kind of um, that kind of energy that we're on about, mm-hmm. then you know sky's the limit because you're never going to have an empty tank. So that's how I look at it. I, I love the fact that one thing that you're you've done over the last bit is although you're winning, um, the reaction of the fans is that you've you've given hundreds of thousands of people that energy. I think people are seeing oh shit like you know you are a normal guy you know what i mean um so i think that that really opens the door for people to understand it's like they're kind of following along almost like following in the footsteps and it doesn't have to be in bodybuilding but but in life you know because i i think you can't help but uh but want to get behind somebody who's who's doing their own personal goal to to also enhance everyone else. You know, I, I can tell yeah. by your posts and stuff that that is a deeper goal for you is the legacy, not just the wins. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Like Dusty's like, I, I say it all the time. Like bodybuilding isn't my own. It's not for me. Like I, I, if it was for me to be fair, I would have probably stopped a while ago because this is something more appealing to me about the response of people. And when I say that, I don't mean, the cheers and the echoes and the claps and the applause. I mean, the way that people can resonate with, you know, realness in a sense that things aren't a straight road and it is a process that takes losses and wins. Mm -hmm. And I just, I like to, I like that message more than I like the bodybuilding, but Mm it just so happens that bodybuilding is my way of spreading that message. So if anything, my purpose is to spread a message but like I said before, my way of portraying that message is through bodybuilding because it's the easiest way I find to um, to to show it. So, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. This kind of talk can resonate with so many because it's literally the same thing applies to most men or most women or most people who are making an effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just simply about how hard can you work, understanding that, it's not always going to go your way. Loss is a part of the path, um, but you can shake them off. And if you're willing to keep trying that in time, anything that you set out to do can be achieved. And even if you don't achieve the, the you know, the true heights of your dream or goal, you're going to achieve a damn lot more for trying than you are for sitting back and thinking I wasn't able. 
um, right. or capable. Sorry, more so, I wasn't capable. So it's just it's just about not, you know, switching that mindset that you said. Turn off the, the I'm not capable mindset, and mm-hmm. just and just see and just go and just let it flow and let it be organic and let it, you know, let it happen as it, it does. And as long as you're focused and you have your attention in the right places and it's direct and not all over the place, you're gonna go a lot further than you really really anticipated. So it sounds like if it was just about the physique, you wouldn't be no, nearly. It's not, as it's not enough substance. Yeah, not as it's not. It's not even really about enough. the physique. Yeah. No, like I love to look. Don't get me wrong. I love to like. If it was about the physique, I wouldn't come off a diet after a show. Right. Like mm-hmm. I would. I wouldn't go out and eat the food I want to eat because yeah. I'd be so obsessed with the fact that I have to look a certain way because that's what matters. And it's really not that like that's that's half of it. Like that's not even it's not even half. Of it. It's 25 percent of it. Yeah, uh, there's just so much more to it. And, you know, whether other bodybuilders agree, like it doesn't matter. That's just the way that I look at it. Um, I don't know what you guys think. But yeah, when, like, when, the, when we talk legacy, like, you know, it's a huge word. It sounds silly sometimes when we use it in reference to anything about our own lives yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, but the legacy is you know, whatever someone's legacy is, it's, you know, they say people never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's definitely what I see as the reaction to your year is, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, obviously the loot connection, uh, that everyone had through that whole process, but also you're, you're like, you're a, another, you're a throwback underdog. You're not, supposed to be the guy that come out no, of the the, no, the you know you were you were you know like at, i mean you were like a second call out guy and then i mean any one of those you know, some of those second call outs you were in any one of those guys could be you right now yeah there's no reason why it wasn't like why was it not one of those guys that did this yeah. and uh a lot of people i think have seen what you've done and they've been like man he just stepped up and just said enough this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, do you, do you feel like that's a reaction that you get? Do people tell you that? Cause that's yeah. what I, yeah, I feel like that is. I think people just realize that you get to a point where it's like one way or another, like you either, like you say, accept like Dusty mentioned briefly earlier or, or you don't. And I suppose I just got to the point where something just aligned up to the point where I was like, I'm not going to accept this now. I'm going to change this. Um, and yeah, there's, when you speak about legacy, it's like there has to be a depth, doesn't there, for legacy? It has to be something more. It can't just be the man had a good physique, right? Um, and that's why I like being the underdog, and I like being the person that shouldn't win because that makes it all the more great. Because you know that they've had to put something into that process that's extraordinary to become something they're not meant to be. Right. And that that that, and that that I like that about other people as well. Like when I see that in others. I know people that shouldn't be as successful as they are, but they just absolutely applied themselves and made it so. You know, I, I've competed against some of the best genetics in the world. Raf, you know, Raf mm-hmm. shouldn't be Raf. If I was, if I had Raf's genetics, oh, like that man could be Mr. Olympia. Like he's beautiful. Um, you know, there's guys like Mark Hector in the previous show, probably some of the best genetics I've ever seen. Um, you know, there's just people out there that 
are astonishing and, and if they really do choose to apply themselves like to the point where because they're applying themselves they're pros listen they're not they're, they've had to do something but yeah. there is always there is always another level and there's For a sure. you know and that other level if people do that wow like then you'll really see you'll really see some astonishing physiques what what was your other level then um can you be boiled it down to what did you do different I would say that I didn't give a fuck about anyone else it's for the first time ever for the first time ever I literally was like they're watching me make them watch me mm-hmm. like I had this attitude I had this attitude was like I'm going to post pictures of updates and I'm going to make switch where their heads are and I'm going to make them focus in on me mm-hmm. so I'm going to turn the tide I'm going to break the system because the system right now is they're all looking at each other and they don't even give a fuck about me so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put post after post and I'm going to get better and I'm going to slowly, slowly make them all get concerned. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, that's going to cause a little bit of a uh, disbalance in their own belief systems in themselves because it's a mind game. And I'm going to play that game because fuck it. That's it's part of it. It's 50 percent of bodybuilding. Um, sure. So I just I just wanted to play the mental game as well, even if they look at my physique and they're like, oh, you know, I don't think it's that great. But if the fans think it's great and they're reading the fans comments and the fans are saying James looks great. It's going to affect you at some point. So for me, it's like I played a game from day one with Patrick. Like I was like, pow, I'm going to be really transparent with this process and I'm going to let people see what's going on and I'm going to show confidence because the confidence ultimately is a tool. So mm-hmm. that was my game plan. And, uh, you know, I think it worked. I think there was people out there that, like you say, that should be beating me and perhaps just took a slight knock to certain things. And over time, one or two of those knocks is enough to, take you from you know second uh, first to second so i don't know i just playing the game and i'll play the game again don't worry the game will come again when i've got <laughs> when i've got another off season when i have my off season of patrick i'll be very productive in showing what's going on and i'll you know don't get me wrong you have to be good in order to win yes you do but the game is also a way to create some more distance it certainly doesn't hurt to have everybody oh dreaming your name the night before the show <laughs> exactly. you know what else exactly. though is you you also as some chris taught me um and i think happened with you for sure james is uh and it, it, you know this ron from roden for the longest time sean roden was relying on chris's belief that he could win the olympia and chris kept saying you know you can win you can win he would ask he would ask and he'd be close mm. but not there and I asked Chris, uh, God, I want to say it was about eight weeks out before the Olympia that uh, Sean won. And I said, uh, how's Sean? And he goes, he's going to win. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, he now believes that he can yeah. win. He's not relying on me anymore. And he said, it's just brought another gear. Yeah. And I think when you apply that over time, <laughs> what happens, and that's that's the thing, is your brain – I understand what you mean, and you're right. It definitely gets to people's heads. But along the way, you go from I'm going to push these buttons to, no, this is real. I This is how it's going to happen. Like, you mean it. It's not well, It's not arrogance. It's the amount. It's, it's, it reminds me of Dorian's quote. There's no way that someone getting ready for that show was being more perfect than you were. Yeah. And that's something I think, even if it doesn't turn out, you look back at your prep and go, there is literally nothing yeah. I couldn't have done. It's it's like the point of being that definitive in your decision making as well. Like you just kind of brought up something there that made me think of an image. 
you know, like in like films, there's like the red button to press to let the nuke the nuclear bomb go off. Yeah. Like you have to be that guy that just presses it with no hesitation. Yep. That's what you have to be when you're trying to win. Mm-hmm. When you're the person that doesn't mean you're the one that knows this consequence and you're like, uh, you have to have this un, unworldly belief that by pressing that button, everything will be great. Yeah. Even, even though it could cause catastrophe. Right. Like, you just, you know what I mean? You and did cause catastrophe for everyone hey, that's, else. That's, that's <laughs> a metaphor. That's a metaphor for half the sets you do in the gym. Exactly. Exactly that. Because you, you have, have that, to be willing. If you thought about the consequences of that, you wouldn't get under, uh, seven, you wouldn't pull 700 pounds off the floor. You wouldn't get under 600 pound squats. You wouldn't bench press 405 on an incline for reps because you'd always be thinking about that small hesitation of the consequence of what would happen if something slightly goes wrong here. You can't afford to have that mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in time, yeah, it might be the end of your career. But if it is, I guarantee before you get to the end of the career, you've achieved some great shit. Yep. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think, you know, that people, people have this argument all the time about athletes and the consequences of their, you know, legacies. Yeah. And I don't think like Ronnie Coleman said he wouldn't change a thing. Like they don't <laughs> understand. Like when, when, when you want something and you're willing to make the sacrifices and you're willing to keep pushing that fucking button. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you take what you get. This is it. And there's, because there's no time to have second thoughts. You know, when you're prepping, everything has to be forward, forward, forward. There is no going backwards. You spend one day going backwards. The next man's spent that day going forwards and they've overtaken you. And that's just the way it is. So you have to just be absolutely content in your approach. And that's the thing I learned most this year, actually, is the contentment of your approach. So if you work with someone who you genuinely believe every decision they make is the best decision for you, it makes the process fucking easy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. So we got a lot of questions. Um, I have a question that needs to be answered first, too. Okay. Go ahead, Dusty. You want to go first? Yeah, for sure. Fuck them. I'm on the show. Well, I want I to know when, when, you're, when are you going back to that breakfast place and putting a picture up on the internet? You're killing me. Uh, as soon as it opens. Well, you know we got into lockdown again, didn't you? The restaurant is closed? Yes, literally. The day after. So the show got brought forward from Saturday to Wednesday just so we could get it in because Thursday we went into lockdown. But they closed your restaurant? They closed my freaking breakfast place. I am upset as hell. What's it called? Spilled spilled, spilled milk. Spilled milk. I'm sad. the, the, The owner messaged me and said, if you want anything takeaway, let me know and I'll do it. And that includes breakfast. So I can still get it. Oh my God, you have to do this. I, I will, I will, I will, I will. Tomorrow, maybe, actually, tomorrow. All right, good. Sorry. All right, we could... Excellent. That was, oh, that was very important. I'm gonna I was concerned. I was oh, like, this, what the fuck yeah. is he doing with his life right now? It's been five days. It's time to eat spilt milk. I'm sick of this shit. The importance, <laughs> of, the, the importance of the restaurant's breakfast is it ties directly in with these questions about gains. So oh, good, good, good. That's fun <laughs> okay. stuff. That's well, what I meant. This is a blanket because I got like 10 that all ask the same thing. So, uh, you know, the, the people want to know, um, how would you boil down 
the sort of main changes that Patrick made to your training? Oh God, we pushed the um, pushed the intensity kind of. So we upped the volume. For me, it was like more volume, more intensifiers. Uh, oh, I've gone off. Oh, sorry, I'm still here. Oh, I, guess I see you. I see your glasses. Oh, that's weird. I just uh, it's, I just did something. I don't know what I did. Super dark. Yeah, I'm back. Your ring light go off. Um, yeah, yeah, my ring light went off because I accidentally turned off the laptop, which is providing with power. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'll just turn it back on. Um, so basically, the main thing was we just really pushed me in the gym more because. Yeah, because you I weren't training doing, that hard before. I mean, the, the, you know, just, just handsy <laughs> shit. I, I the, the volume and the training, you know, I was doing wasn't, to be fair, correct for the improvements I required. Mm-hmm. So the first thing Patrick did was analyze my physique and tell me what we need to improve and made training fit that. So he literally did go to the point of splitting training up to being very focal on certain aspects to try and improve body parts and that was that was what we did because the training is the thing that changed me most this year because the nutrition as important as it is it it wasn't too dissimilar to previous nutrition but Mm -hmm. what happened is that the training targeted areas of my body that needed improvement enough to stimulate change there to balance me out and make my physique better so you know when people ask me about how important is training and if and should your coach do your training? I'm not saying your coach should, but if you do have weaknesses in your physique, you need to address training because right. the training the training is what changes your shape. Mm-hmm. 100%. Nutrition will not change your shape; it'll make you grow, or it'll make you get leaner. But when you actually have to adjust how you're looking and there is weaknesses, the most underrated thing is actually changing your training to suit that. And that's yeah. the one thing that he really, really focused on. What so was the volume like then? You yeah. said uh, you increased volume. So like say, is it on some parts back, only? Like what what would what are the back sets and reps? I don't need like exactly. Yeah. So so it, obviously let's. Uh, he did he did def- definitely um, regulate volume. So it wasn't always high, but there was areas of time where we'd push it hard and make sure we're working absolutely you know to the to the pinnacle of my kind of output potential. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know back maybe like nine exercises three sets roughly per 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 exercise so for me that's really high volume so like that's pushing 30 sets which i'm not like i'm i've come from doing like six to eight sets to doing that um and bear in mind some of those sets are then again these intensifiers like you like to use cluster sets you know rest pause and whatnot so the workouts are pretty big um and they're they're really smashing the the shit out of one area in particular in most sessions so mm-hmm. a long time in the gym you know fun for most of the prep but by the time you get to the end of the prep you're like fuck i'm gonna be in here for a couple of hours this is long um but were there were there body parts that you kept the volume low on that didn't get jacked up like um we didn't have to push chest volume overly high um uh Hamstring volume wasn't overly high, but we did train them more. F- I split them up from being on my normal leg day. So they just had a bit more tension, a bit more mental focus. Right. Uh, um, but it, all in all, most things got the, the, the volume treatment because Patrick's a massive believer in kind of uh, both the regular hypertrophy and your sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, which requires, in his you know uh, opinion and studies, some of the more... Um, vigorous training that comes with the techniques and stuff. So when you combine the two together is when you, he feels that you get the most 
potentiation for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence, hence why we had a lot of extension stuff working out in the um, in the plan. I, um, I, I, noticed, I, I think it definitely worked. I think it definitely worked. Yeah, well, I, I noticed in some posts, like you'd put up a post and go uh, low volume day and it would just be a few work sets. Yeah, so we had, that's what I mean, there's regulations. So like he'd push me for a few weeks and then if, you know, the body started to tire, pull back, do a couple of days uh, of each body part in another kind of way and then uh, allow that to kind of get back to where it was freshen up and then go again so it just depended on where we are with calories with output you know whether the in terms of where are we in the diet where's body fat levels where's stress levels you know he kind of he's very anal so he kind of monitors everything so you can guarantee that when he decides to make a change like that it's not just because oh because we've done it for six weeks let's change it it's always um it's always a lot of reason behind it which is why i always found it fun and i found it easy to adhere to because he just give me a reason, and then as long as I've got a reason, I'll do it. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it made what, it really easy for me. It made it really easy for me. What What about the relationship you have with Patrick? Like, like how often you guys talking and stuff? Like, is it? Me and Pat talk every day, literally yeah. every day, and we have we have done since we first started speaking, because um, you know, we first started speaking. All I wanted was some training, to be honest, because Chris was looking after me at the time, uh, and you know, I, I was pretty happy i didn't need to go anywhere i didn't feel the need and patrick didn't want to intervene he was just like look of course i'll do some training here here you go um and after he gave me the training i just noticed that you know he would always message back to say how was the session do you feel you need to change anything blah 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 very attentive um which is something of a quality in people that i like i'm me as a person because um i say this because i think this is why because i didn't grow up around much male um, kind of um, guidance. When I gel with someone who's older and a male, I normally gel with them pretty hard, like like almost father figure, like I get on with them really well if it works out. Um, perhaps because it's like uh, something that I crave a little bit, mm-hmm. personal level. So I found that I just had this relationship with him grew quite easily and quite quickly and quite naturally, where I felt very trusting in him and very able to just say, yeah, sweet, no worries, man. And and actually looked up to him to a certain extent. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how my relationship was with him. And like I said, we spoke every day. He was checking the training. And it just got to the point where I was like, look, man, you're checking in me every day. You're making all this effort. I might as well give you some work. like, Because it's a bit, you know, it just makes sense. And um, so we decided to, to do the work together at the beginning of the, um, the lockdown. Uh, and we used the, the lockdown period for my off-season, which was only short. It was probably about six to eight weeks. And then we decided to obviously compete so yeah we didn't have long together we literally from uh march or april i believe and then up to now so having said that everything that we managed to achieve in such a short time is what excites me about the 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 fact that i qualified for 2021 already because i'm right. like i'm like wow man look i reckon i can go away and do some crazy shit right uh, mentally i'm in a very good place because of it how, how do you feel about the, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I think I spent five minutes ranting about it on an episode a couple of weeks ago, but um, people comparing you or referencing you to Dorian. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't see it because Dorian's Dorian and I'm me. I, I, I get, I, I'm honored. It's nice. People say shit like that. Um, but we are our own people and legacies are our own. Um, but I'll never be offended by it because I'm a fan of Dorian. So I'll always take it and smile about it. But 
you know, I'm certainly not Dorian. And um, there's other physiques that have been out there in the past that replicate, well, not replicate, but look a lot more like him than I do. Uh, I, I think I think I mean, a lot of the just, the just, reference. Just, sorry, I, I was just kind of, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think a lot of the reference isn't even. I mean, yeah, there's the physique reference, but it's more of the the attitude and and the spirit you bring to bodybuilding and who's going to carry this torch of this kind of ultra hardcore, um, you know, approach. I think that that's that's what I was referencing. Oh, when, listen, how can you not smile when people say that, even if you don't feel that that's the case? Like, I, I'm very flattered that people say that. I'm flattered by people even they've made comments about Branch Warren and stuff with me. Yeah, I, I like Branch. I think he's fantastic, and I think he's one of the best champions we've ever had. Somebody went against genetics to a certain extent. Um, won two Arnold Classics, tore a quad, still kept fucking going. Got second in the Olympia and just kept going and said, "Fuck everybody!" Like they're the people I look up to because I can re- I can relate to them more because on a genetic level. They're more similar to me. So when I look at Dorian, when I look at Branch, like if you look at somatotypes, genetics, um, nationality, at least like with them guys, when people are comparing me to them, I can at least say, you know what? Yeah, we kind of came from the same place. So the potential is there to do well because they done well. That's how I look at it. So mm-hmm. I do always, I'm always happy to hear such things. Um, but, you know, like there is certainly other people out there that are genetically superior who i would say are more like the dorians but oh well you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think anybody would oh, go ahead dust no uh i mean basically i think my big question now is what do you do after the shows i'm assuming uh i mean are, are we have we made a decision on the olympia i don't even know i don't follow yeah i've made a decision i've made a decision uh-huh. this one's silly for me to do uh-huh. Uh, um, considering everything going on, because we've got a four-week lockdown here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Okay, travel. We're not allowed to travel abroad. Um, if I was to have done the Olympia, I would have to travel abroad ASAP to do a quarantine somewhere two weeks uh, prior to going into America, because mm-hmm. you can't. It doesn't count being here. Right. Yeah. So my friends that are doing the Olympia that are from here have already left. I saw. The they left literally the day of the... You would have had to have leave, left before the British uh, show. So right. I had the decision. I either go to the British and win and qualify for 2021, or I disappear and try and do 2020 with one mm-hmm. arm behind my back having to quarantine. Whereas right. my, Ameri- my American counterparts, Hunter, etc., people that I look up to and want to compete against at my best, haven't got that handicap. Well, they've mm-hmm. got the handicap. And I'm not going to let them have that. I'm not going to let them have that. Makes so, total sense. So fuck that. I've qualified for 2021. I will come and I will challenge you in 2021 because I'll have a clean run into the show and I'll bring something absolutely new because I've got time to. And that's the way I look at it. So that's why I cracked out the 20. That's why I did the British Grand Prix because I was like, fuck it, I'm getting my ticket. Right. And you um, and your plan, are you going to take you taking some break now during this quarantine? And yes. I'm pretty chilled. Like I. You know, listen, I've got a diet from Patrick. I'm doing post-cycle therapy. I might have a, one of my meals out of six a day off. Mm-hmm. As long as I eat my amount of food I need to eat, then I'm kind of happy. I might not have a meal off some days. Might have, you know, I'm just not that fussed. I look at it like once January comes, then it's game on. I want to have a nice Christmas. I'm not going to lie. This year burnt the fuck out of me. But it, didn't burn, it. it didn't burn me out, but it burnt the fuck out of me. 
and mm-hmm. emotionally it's been a hell of a ride um you know only just yesterday or the day before managed to go up and see my mum in her you know her burial plot for the first time because i've been on prep and i'm that guy that when i'm on prep i speak to her aloud and i say should i come and i hear i hear this i hear her saying no focus on the prep mm-hmm. so you know it's the first time in a long time where i've been able to now finally you know have some release um on on a human level like interact with people with friends eat chill like actually love people because i love people yeah and i love friends and i love embracing like normality as well like i think there's a time and a place for that mm-hmm. so right now i'm in that time where i'm like listen you just fucking won two pro shows back to back son like come on you're capable of anything you want to do but at the same time if you want to be capable you've got to know when to push and when to pull and right now off the back of what you've just done there's no harm in having a little bit of downtime mate Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have to tell myself that because obviously the, the 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 want to be legacy champion creator in me obviously thinks go, go, go. But I have come to realize that that's not how you get there. But, uh, right. So, yeah. So right now, fucking chill. If I'm going to pretty order a McDonald's in a minute. Take away. <laughs> honestly, yeah, like they, they do Uber Eats. And I, I want one. I'll fucking have one, man, because you can bet your bomb dollar when. When January rolls around and I've got my eyes on the prize, I'll be so refreshed mentally and so ready to give it 100% that I'll make James Sonnen's in 2020 look like a boy. Right. Like, I, I honestly will. Like, because I, I know what I'm programmed like. And once I'm fucking dialed in and I'm mentally on it, it will be exciting and it will, do, it will be something worth watching. And I, I want to give people something worth waiting for for the 2021. Because I, I'm not, you know, I... I think I think if you give me a year with Patrick, I honestly think I can push for a top six at Olympia. Right. I don't give a fuck. And I'll say that because if I don't say that now and I don't put it out there, there's no pressure on me to do so. Right. So fuck it. You know, create something. And I, I hope and I hope most people listening think, oh, that's ludicrous. That's like, that's the, the only people that belong up there are the are the big Rammies and the Bonacks. Yeah, fuck that. But they were me, they were me once. Right. And, and I'll go away and I'll make myself one of them because times change and so does the lineup. And, right. uh, and it's about time we got a big Caucasian center in the top six. <laughs> <laughs> Finally so, can sprinkle hey. in and they don't come whiter than you. Exactly. Man. I just, I just, got to, it's just, you know what? I just, just got to balance, you know, I just want to be like the best Caucasian, but my, my thing is if I don't be the best Caucasian bodybuilder on the planet, I'll be well happy. <laughs> I love it. You're gonna have the best uh, tanning sponsor as well. Yeah, well, because you know, like, because a few years ago, I would have argued that like Justin Compton for me was like the best of the Caucasian guys. He could have been whatever he wanted. Like, I felt like he was gonna be the guy that could have been Mr. Olympia. And obviously, he's a friend of mine, and things didn't work out, and he's kind of called it a day on that front. So now it's more reasons for me to try and step up. Right, that's funny. Man. <laughs> No, it's always it's always good to have a goal, James. Yeah, definitely. And you like, know? I'm realistic. I, I think the Olympia is something that you often you're going to have to have the genetics of multiple kind of ethnicities to be the perfect specimen. I really feel like you've got to be this hybrid, like Phil Heath. But right. I feel like an Arnold, an Arnold, or just I feel like you can win an Arnold as long as you fucking grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like you can do well at the Olympia as long as you grind. So my my real goal with you guys, honestly, is to place top six in Olympia, and then the following year or whenever I can, is to win an Arnold Classic. And if I win an Arnold Classic, like the open Arnold Classic, I'll retire. Do you, do you think that... No, you won't. Do you think that... You like that? I threw that in there. Uh, <laughs> do you think that that uh, something that I'm a huge believer in, it's uh, 
is uh, it's called peak to peak, peak thinking, where essentially every time you find yourself at a higher level, you, you can see now a level that is also achievable for you. So do you find that now that you've won two back-to-back shows, the although the winning an Arnold might have been a goal before, do you feel like more now it's like, no, that's going to be done? And, yeah. and then when you win an Arnold, I think suddenly you're like, you know, maybe the Olympia is not out of hand. Well, Brandon must have felt like that. He must have been like, mm. <laughs> Well, think about it, though. I mean, so how about Branch? I mean – Another example, I mean, although he was gunning the whole time, I think, you know, he went a couple Arnolds, you start looking, it's like, well, why not? Yeah, of course, of course. Because it's where you, it's, it's where are you currently? Like, where mm-hmm. are you? And if you fall in that position, in that place, you can't be denied that, that is your place. You've worked right. hard to get there. So once you've, you know, entered the room, you've entered the room, don't forget that. Yeah, I think that that's a, a funny thing. I find it interesting because we have both ends of the spectrum in our sport. Um, I had a guy recently uh, send in a questionnaire. And I always ask people, what's your what's your goal right now and what's your long-term goal? And uh, it was funny because I, I laughed, but then I kind of was like, well, maybe. Uh, yeah. He actually said, he goes, my goal is uh, to turn pro. And uh, I want to get top five at the Olympia. And I read it, and I hadn't even seen his pictures yet. And I was like, whew, going, going small on these goals, huh, kid? And then I scrolled down and I saw his pictures. And I'll be honest, I was like, it's probably not going to happen. And then I thought, well, fuck. If he goes for that and he actually goes for it, then whatever he reaches, even if it's not that, it's going to be a hell of a lot higher than if somebody said to him, well, that's not going to fucking happen. Exactly. And that's what <laughs> I was saying earlier. It's that whole, if you... If your efforts are in and you try 100%, you're going to go as far as you can, and that's going to be a lot further than if in the beginning you were told you can't. Right. So yeah. I, that's, another, I think that's another good reason to encourage people as well, because then, you know, no matter how far they get, they're still going to walk away with a life that was more fulfilling and more fruitful for, than the one where if they were suppressed. Right. And yeah. The old saying is you're supposed to what shoot for the stars and then maybe you'll fail land and land on the, on the top of a mountain. Land on the, land on the moon. Yep. Land on the moon, same, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is still fucking epic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? Shoot for the stars, you may land on the moon. Yeah, right? yeah. So, what, uh, uh, what, what, what about, um, you know, making mental changes for achieving your goals – when when you when you started to see the muscle piling on like did is that how it happened because we saw it like uh, you started to grow and really <laughs> what was that i didn't really see it i just like all i all i all i was waiting for on a daily basis was the words that came out of patrick's mouth right okay that's kind of what i was trying to put into words like yeah, how exactly. how did yeah, it start to build for you so for me, it's just if Patrick said that's a, a great look, great day, that was the day complete. I'd shut off, I'd watch some fucking telly, and I'd wait for the next day and try and get the same feedback. It was just one day at a time. I didn't think ahead. And uh, that goes for the off-season into the prep. It was the same thing every day. I just There was two times a day when me and Patrick speak, morning and evening. And if I got the thumbs up in the morning and the evening, I was more than content. And that was all I focused on, just those mm-hmm. two Right. Two, two interactions of the day. Everything else, I knew what I had to do. I knew what I was meant to execute, and I knew that I did everything that I was told. 
So all I had to do from there was to see how the response was. Um, and if there was a response that was negative from him, then then it would have been not because I've done something wrong. It's just because the plan needs to change. Uh-huh. What, 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 what would be an example of a, a negative response? Like, like how often would he say like, Oh, to be fair, I'll be honest with you. We had zero negative responses on this. Whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I actually don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it was, theoretical. It could happen. We did like every time we did check in, he was like, fuck me. This is like smoother than I anticipated. This is perfect. So it was just like, okay. And I think because I heard that the next one would be perfect because I was so relaxed. So it right. just kind of set a good trend. And then when you it feel is funny as a coach, though, when you do that, because you start to feel like, I promise I'm paying attention. Just it's going so well. Why would I change anything? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is kind of what you said. It's like, you said it's hard because my job's to criticize and construct and adjust. And it's like, it's hard to do that when you're telling someone to do something. It's just fucking working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I only gave you one diet. It's been six weeks. <laughs> wow. Sometimes sometimes a coach's job is just to step out of the way. Yeah. Well, this is what happens with like, with like Ian, for example, a lot of time. Ian gets a diet and it'll work for like fucking six, seven weeks just because mm-hmm. his body just does things very well. It's very efficient. So it just comes down to the individual, doesn't it? And if you, if you get things within that, that, that little lucky parameter mm-hmm. you won't have to do too much it's just i regret. call it yeah i call it surfing the curve yes you have to surf the curve and if you fall yeah, off you that are. curve then you've got to reassess re- you know get back in the that point but you know if you're in there and you're on it and you keep that balance then you're in a great spot Definitely. and the and and part of the uh a friend of mine who told me that metaphor he said one of the keys to surfing is you got to relax yes <laughs> that's true so you get all that tight and stiff, you're falling off that surfboard straight away. Yeah, and it's, not, a, it's a great metaphor. You've got to be fluid. You've got to be fluid with that shit. And yeah. That's the same bodybuilding. Like, you've got yeah. to, you know, allow the – you've got to not feel like you're obstructed or pinned in place. You have mm-hmm. to feel that you, where you are is because it's fluid and because it's meant to be and everything around you moves around you in accordance with you. Like, it's all right. smooth, mm-hmm. yeah. What, uh, how, how, how about you? Um, like what type of bodybuilder are you like? How often are you looking at yourself in the mirror when you're six weeks out? Uh, only when I pose twice a day. So literally in the morning after cardio and then after training post workout. And that's it. I don't look at so, it all the time. Right. Right. Yeah, Cause I, that is, look, I know I some people. My look. job is not to look, my job isn't to look too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, my job is to perform well in the gym, to lift the weights as well as I can to send the pictures and to eat the food and then everything else is down to him. So that's something I've also come to like kind of understand is that take some of the pressures off yourself because you have a coach limit the amount of jobs you're giving yourself. You don't need to be the eyes on your 20 on your physique 24 seven. That's mm-hmm. their job. And the more you can like do that also, the more relaxing you feel and the less, I suppose less inhuman you feel as well because you're not just pinned to a mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't look in a mirror and I, and I would even wear T-shirts to make me look tiny. I didn't care. I was like, fuck it. You know, like yeah. certain clothes that aren't very, you've got certain clothes that are just are not very accommodating to a physique that is right. meant to be a bodybuilder. But it doesn't fucking matter what you look like when you're walking around. It's all right. that matters is that when you send them pictures, everything's going in the right direction. And that when you're on show stage, <clears throat> you look your best you could have looked. And that's, that's what I've come to really learn is like, just don't obsess how you look 24 hours a day. Yeah, I think a lot of people make that mistake. I, I've always said I wish that my clients couldn't see themselves. 
I think it's a huge mistake because their their brain or their hunger or their desire to have a cheeseburger will tell them how their eyes should see themselves. They'll be like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it there. They're like, oh, I, well, obviously I'm a little flat here today. I'm like, no, you fuck up. no, you you're not even like you, you could tell because you're like, oh, I see you want bullshit. It's like. You know, when you have the right setup, I know I've been in the same boat as you, and I'm sure I know Ron has as well, where uh, I literally, like when I'm at a show, the weekend of the show, when people are stressed and they're checking the mirror and this and that, Chris will come in. He takes a look at me. I don't even look because I'm in a room. There's no mirrors. Tells me what to eat. I eat. I go directly to bed. I lay down and sleep for two hours. He knocks on my door again. I get up. He poses, tells me what to eat. I eat. And I mean, literally then, you know, maybe the morning of the show, you know, he'll take a picture and show it to me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleeping for three days. I had no idea. <laughs> that's, that's made it. Like, it's, it's that last, what happens to too many people is they get to like a week out and then time starts to slow down. And then the obsession starts to kick in. And then that's when everything goes out of whack. Mm-hmm. But forgetting that you got to that point where you're looking fantastic over the last nine weeks, 10 weeks plus whatever, without that compression of time, without yeah. that weird desire to fucking overly think. And if you can control that last week, those last days and become very relaxed in that last part of the process, you'll enjoy doing shows and you do a fuck ton of shows because it won't be a stress. Yeah. Huh? That's, that's like hard. A, that's... It's hard. It's not easy, but I think once you, train yourself to feel feel a certain way and be a certain way then you're going to be able to you know like dock the the boat at the bay a lot better than other fuckers yeah there's too much thought like you said it just wing in i did want to know uh and w- without jamming into personal life but just out of curiosity uh how was the mental change uh when uh when the missus went off to school or work or whatever she's doing was that a difficult transition um I function best alone. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Like when I'm, when it comes to bodybuilding shows, I don't really like to have women present. I've always been the guy that normally when I'm in a relationship, I'm like, don't worry about coming to the show. Cause for right. me, it's business. Like I just want to go and do it. And I'll, and if anyone does come, I want it to be some of my friends that are guys because they make me feel like I'm not even fucking doing a show. Right. And that's my way. That's just the way it is. Um, just because if my if my my girl's there, no matter how much I try not to concern myself with are they okay, where are they, it's still going to be a factor. So for me, I'd just rather eradicate that factor fully, and then it's not something I have to even consider. So right. I don't really invite people to shows. That's just the way it is. But, um, you know, I'm not saying that's the best way because it means you don't get to share victories. But it just I've just so happened to mostly do better when I'm in the particular environment that I choose to have. And that's right. when I'm around a couple of close friends, maybe just one, uh, who's just really chilled out and happy to help carry some bags and be relaxed with me and a bit of peace and quiet. Right. No, that, that makes sense. It's funny because uh, on your first win, I had literally uh, DM'd her right as it was like coming to an end. And so it was like a, an immediate back and forth when she, when you won because I was like I said he's, he's got it in the bag she's like oh I something like I hope so and then like thirty seconds later I got the essential holy fuck <laughs> this just happened message and I'm like I hadn't even seen the result yet she's actually who told me I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah no I just um 
listen, I love and appreciate everybody in my life and what they are and who they are and what part they take in that big, you know, the, the, the machine that is spinning there, all a piece of it. Um, and, you know, they have a certain place and I don't wish to reconfigure that machine because right now it seems to be working. Right. So, you know, if you have to be the part that's over there when I'm at a show and not dead in the center, it is what it is. It works. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to keep it away because, you know, this isn't forever and there will come a time and it is times like now where I'm at home and we're not having to worry about that and I can be very relaxed forever and enjoy the rewards of the work. Right. Just sit together and chill now. So it's fine. So, you know, you might lose, lose me for a day here and there, but you gain me for, you know, for a lifetime. Right. No, I, I like that. It's something that I, I know a lot of people struggle with is that that balance. And I'm always asked about balance. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, there isn't one. You can't. Yeah. You have to, <laughs> shit, shit, shit gets swung left to right. And you've got to be a selfish fucker because at the end of the day, everything has to fit you because you need to be super comfortable. Because mm-hmm. the minute anything, minute anything irritates you or bothers you, you're not going to be on your A game. Uh, and that goes for any elite sport athlete because. Listen, if it's Andy Murray or uh, I don't know any any someone like fucking Lewis Hamilton, the only reason they're as good as they are and they compete as well as they do is because they're selfish when it comes to crunch time. Right. And, uh, that is necessary, and if you have a partner who understands that's how top level shit works, then you've got the right person. If they don't and they're needy, fuck them off. Right. <laughs> you know what's funny though is I don't disagree because I had. Uh... I have a friend who's uh, a surgeon and he works obscene, <laughs> obscene amounts. And uh, he actually had an issue with with the extremely expensive school that his kids go to because they're like, well, you know, you, you don't understand what some of these other kids go through because their their parents don't have the funding and this and that. And he goes, no, you don't understand that those are the sacrifices I make. I haven't been to a fucking football game because yeah. I'm making sure these kids don't need this, this and this. And I yeah. think people miss that in every sport. It's like, hey, if you can let me have this window, when yeah. I'm done with the show, you are the show. <laughs> true, true, true. Because, again, like we were saying now, so now it's December coming up. Yes, yeah, so it's November now, and then we've got December. For those two months now, I'm pretty chill. Mm-hmm. So you got me. So it's all good. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So. By the end of two months, she's going to want you to get your ass back to the gym. You're bugging her. That's, that's, that's it. That's what you hope. You want to do that slingshot. You want to kind of. <laughs> this slingshot. Because you, you, you want to like drive yourself almost so crazy the other way now that once January comes, you're so ready. You're yep. going to buy yourself the first six months back in the gym is just easy. They don't even want to see you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I fucking love it. (laughs) I I wanted to ask you about uh, visualization. Yeah. And I mean, it's we've all talked about it before and stuff, but I want to ask you what were some of the things, like what were some of the things that you were actually visualizing while you were prepping for this show? Like, I I mean, I got some crazy ones like being on the treadmill and visualizing like fire roasting the fat off your body and all that stuff. You know, like there's weird things we do when we're training and prepping. What are some of the ones that, that you like use? Um, this this prep was so different because of the situation with Luke. It was very like I didn't really have to visualize because a lot of it was just my inner feelings spewing outside 
and controlling and dictating my energy and my efforts because it was just always present. There was always this like requirement to do justification for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I felt weak in the gym, I'd almost like hear Luke say, "Come on, Jay, come on, Jimmy, come on, Jimmy, stop being a fucking pussy." You know what I mean? I right. hear his voice, and then straight after, I'd be fucking bent over own two hundred kilograms like it was nothing because right. the just not wanting to let him down and feeling like he was still there with every rep. Um, I just re- I remember being like a few weeks out and I was filming and I was, you know, tired of being in front of the fucking camera for fuck off. Stop filming me. But, you know, obviously I've got to do it because it's part of what we do. And uh, this one particular set of barbell rows, it felt heavy in my hands. And I just thought, you know, what, I'm just going to say it out loud now. I'm going to say, you know, this one's for fucking Luke. This one's for fucking Luke. And I just said it out loud and it just released a certain amount of endorphins in me and just made me like be able to just fucking whip it around like it was like it was five pounds. It was just, uh, I don't know. I, I had just a lot of, I had so much energy for this prep, especially running in Spain. I was burnt out after Spain, but I just held on. But for Spain in particular, Luke was like very much the driving force. Um, and I didn't really, like I said, I didn't really have to visualize anything. I just had to call upon um, and talk, you know, like I'll go home and I'd, in, in an evening, like in the room I'm in now in particular, like I would lay in my bed watching telly and I've got my portraits of like Luke, I've got two portraits of Luke in here and I would, I'd look at this one in particular and I'd just speak to him and I'd say, you know, is everything I'm doing, is am I doing it right? And I'd say it out loud, I, I wasn't, I'm not fussed about talking out loud to him, like, what do you think? Do you think, do you think everything I'm doing now is going to lead to the result that we're trying, you know, we're trying to get? And, you know, obviously he wouldn't answer back, but the look on the face and the image just said everything. It was like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. So that's all I needed. I just had this fucking conversations with him. And uh, that was that was more than enough. Like I say, this 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 prep was so fueled by just uh, uh, just pure emotion, to be honest. Right. I love it. Yeah, that's he 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 replaced all the visualizations you could have yeah, needed. Uh, yeah, I just didn't need anything. I just needed Luke. That was it. I just needed him and I just needed him to be to hear my voice and to know that every ounce of sweat I sweat and every footstep I take on a treadmill was me doing my best by him. And right. as long as he felt and if he if he could feel that, I could feel that he could hear that and sense that then that was enough for me to know that the journey ahead was not going to be um, too challenging because I've got him behind me. Yeah, well, that's the the old saying that uh, if your why is great enough, the how doesn't matter, meaning you you wouldn't have cared. If you had to eat zero food for six weeks to get it done, you'd be like, okay, now what? For Spain, no one had my why. Yeah. After after Spain, it was quite difficult because it was almost like it went from switching from for Luke Mm -hmm. for me. Right. This one, this one's for me, and that was hard because my energy was low and my enthusiasm was low because I was like, "Fuck." Although, like, I still kind of could feed off Luke, I spent most of that. Right. And then I was right. suddenly, I was suddenly by myself because the come down, the come yeah. down of winning the show for Luke and you know presenting Luke's T-shirt and doing it for him, suddenly found myself like I've just been left. Right. In, in silence by myself. And I had to dig deeper and find something. Um, and I don't know what I really found in that time. That was more just determination than anything. That right. was just like 
you've come this mm. far, you've succeeded. Yes, you've got no energy left, but you've you've just won a show against a lot of people. Just see it done. And that's where mm. Patrick even stepped in and said some good words about, I guarantee if you do this, it'll be worth it. And you'll be able to sit down in a few days time and look back and be like, wow, I'm glad I did that. It's just like Luke, eh? To leave you to, you know, make you do the second show yeah, fuck, just honestly, for you. See, fuck it did. Like, immediately after that first one, he did a little, he skipped off. He had to go get a drink. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like, he, he was too busy celebrating. And I'm like, fuck. I'm not ready to celebrate yet. I, it felt like that. It felt like he'd fucked off and gone and got a, a few fucking bevies. And then, <laughs> and then it's be like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, but I've just got one more thing to do. I've just got right. one more thing to do. And it was difficult. I think that was probably one of the most difficult preps for me was just that few weeks between. That's probably the it's, best it's, the best way it could have been. Yeah. Because you had to prove, you, you know. You, you find a way. I think what's interesting is, and I know you get asked this probably hell even more than I do, is everyone's asking, like, what do you think of before a big set? Or what do you think of during prep? And I find that the truth is really disappointing yeah. because typically – I'm like, just fucking do it. Like, that's the answer. <laughs> like, it's it's not as deep and dark and or, or in some cases, like, well, there's nothing else I'd rather do. I mean, I remind myself of that when we're doing what we do. I'm like, you know how fucking lucky you are to be tired because you choose to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, that's that's a little hard. I, I almost don't like the word sacrifice because I'm like, sacrifice? Yeah. This is a choice. A choice. <laughs> and, uh, there's not really, there's not really sacrifice in this because... Yeah. At any given moment, you should say, fuck this. Um, I think I think regular people who don't chase their dreams sacrifice far more than the yeah, people I, who do. Because you, to create opportunity in life, you have to do some things that are uncomfortable. Um, and that's why I am where I am. And I know that you guys have got to where you've got because you've done things in the past that require maximum effort and mm. see that on the back of that, at least, you have opportunities arise and you've taken those opportunities, but those wouldn't have been presented to you unless you did do what you did. Right. Um, so, you know, being a sponsored athlete, having, you know, uh, you know, the opportunities I've had have all come because I've been willing to dig a little deep at times, which, mm-hmm. again, like you say, is it a sacrifice or is it a trade-off? It's more that you're paying. It's a, Again, it's that currency thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've, I've paid for what I have in my life by investing into something with my energy. Right. So although you can't reap the rewards of the, the things you obtain immediately after the fact you can. Yep. So it's just about depositing for a while, sitting on it pretty. And then once things open up, you can then hit the jackpot and start using it. So. What's the, um, I want to ask you about the podcasting. You know, you've, yeah. you're sort of a member of the, uh, what do you even call yourselves? Bodybuilding and bollocks crew, I guess. Yeah, it's got us on there quite a lot. So, you know, and yeah. how has that uh, changed? I mean, obviously it's a huge opportunity to interact with people. Um, but you're one of like the podcast solids, you know, yeah, like there's a handful of pros that are on all the time. You're, you're on all the time. How, how has it, how has it changed how you view your, your opportunities? Um, I just, I just appreciate. It. I just think Fuad's got something really good going on with his channel. He, he makes a shitload of effort with bodybuilding and covering it, and he's a very good voice for it. He's crazy, um, and he has some opinions that are very strong. But I love him. Um, <laughs> but I, all in all, I'm just grateful that he considers me someone that 
is worth having in his presence on such a popular channel when he has a choice. He has multiple choices. He's in power. He can choose who he has. So I'm just actually just, I'm just very grateful that he considers me someone worth having on there. And it's great for me because obviously I get to like interact with other um, people like Seth, uh, Ian, um, any of the guests. And these are people that, although I know from, you know, afar from an arm's length, I haven't been able to really interact with them via, you know, FaceTime or talking. So it's just as cool for me really to be able to talk to them because a lot of the time it's my first time um, interacting with them. And you just find that you're, part of a much larger circle of people who have very similar uh, morals and outlooks to you sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes not the case sometimes they're very different but then that's just as intriguing in its own right because i think it makes the world colorful when you are all a little bit different mm-hmm. um but I, i've certainly come to realize that there's something wired into certain individuals that we all have that allows us to get along really well and just appreciate appreciate each other's space and time um so yeah, it's just a, just it's just cool. It's cool like to be a bit of a like one of the staple kind of guys on there. Um, considering, like I say, he had me on the show before I'd won anything or anything. He just liked to have me on. Mm-hmm. Very very humbled and just very grateful. So I I, I something to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something, it. to <laughs> it's something no, but to they do. They are fun. I don't think people realize that is like. You know, when Ron and I started doing this, even I have the attention span of a five year old, like the the thought that I would want to be doing it in a year didn't really cross my mind. I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's roll. And now, I mean, you know, Fuad had some someone had asked Fuad when he was going to have me on the show next. Or no, they asked me when he would have me on. And I said, next time he asks. So he messaged me immediately. He's like, tomorrow. I was like, fuck, yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> it's just cool. Like, it's fun. Because- it's no harm. Like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and we've all got our own little things going on, but we all can cross like between each other. Like you come on, I come on. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, all, I don't, it's all just giving back to our community. That's bodybuilding because yep. any people that love bodybuilding are going to watch any of these. And it's a way to, I don't know, it's just a way to reach the people. And I know, I know from personal messages I've had that people just feel very involved and mm-hmm. very welcome and very part of something when they sit there and listen to people talk and they feel like they're in the room with you. And for a lot of people, it actually helps them like on a, on a, on a mental level of kind of mental health and well-being, to be able to talk or listen to, you know, professional bodybuilders or uh, people in the industry that you look up to or idolize even perhaps. And to feel part of the conversation, it's a massive, um, it's a massive benefit on so many levels, so many. So really any, any, any of this is just giving back. And I think that's great because you're giving back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, an, it's another part of the investment yeah. in, in, into how you make people feel at the end of the day when you're all done this, you know, um, wh- with the bodybuilding and bollocks crew, um, obviously you guys are all different, but we got some funny questions. People asking who, who would you rather do a 12-hour car trip with, Fuad or Ian? <laughs> you know what, they would both be really hard work. I know they would. Them two would, <laughs> them, them two would be better in the car for 12 hours together than me and any of them. Because, we're di- <laughs> because we are different. Like, Fuad, I think I could probably do, I don't know, Ian's a strong character. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, and you can tell. He's like, Ian I don't know if I can do twelve hours with Ian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I could because I think Ian's opinions are so strong. Like, bless him, mate, he's great. But I can't imagine that I could go twelve hours without crossing, like, without tripping up in something I say that offends him. You know, <laughs> pisses him off. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, like, and then before I'd oh, same kind of thing. He can. He's a bit of a pit bull when he goes. So. I'm probably the most relaxed of the three of us. I'm, I'm used to being like real chill and probably would want to just have a nap. But I don't think the two of them would let me fucking nap. Like, they would just want to talk the whole way, wouldn't they? <laughs> You're damn right they would. There'd be no <laughs> napping. <laughs> and then they, and Ford would be like, you're awake, you're awake. And I'd be like, fucking. <laughs> and I, and That's a, the same. I see him be the same. That's the first thing I thought was that I don't think either one of them would stop talking. Yeah. I think... Um, the safest person probably to drive with the one person that could possibly let me have a sleep is Ben. <laughs> well, but, Ben can do some silence. He's got, he's got a newborn, man. He, he can handle some silence in his life. I'm yeah, sure. He'd probably be exactly. totally happy. Yeah, exactly. He needs the silence. So he would embrace it. <laughs> he's like, Oh good. You're asleep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd pick, I'd probably have to pick Ben so that we can just have a like quiet ride. But, you have so more. I've got, I've got some more here. Um, if you had to pick, this is actually for my training partner. He said, you have to ask James this. I really need to know. He oh said, if you had to pick a fictional world to live in, which world would it be? Um, I'm thinking a lot of the fictional worlds I like are amazing and they're magical, but it's a lot of shit happening that's bad. Right. So it's like, oh man, as much as I love that world, maybe I shouldn't go there because it's about to end. <laughs> how <laughs> long uh, do i have to stay <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean so um oh, i don't know i i'm like a sucker for any of the because you know me like i'm a proper sucker for like resident evil and final fantasy and stuff like that yeah but they're That's all a fucked up place to live <laughs> yeah exactly if i go to resident evil to raccoon city where it's hard to get a good breakfast oh uh, mate there'll be no fucking diners open at all i'll be fucked um <laughs> quarantine all over again god damn it <laughs> I pro- i'd probably have to say I would live in, um, like, Final Fantasy, uh, one of the Final Fantasy games. In Final Fantasy Nine. it won't mean anything to you two, but the world, oh. it, yeah, Final Fantasy Nine's world is just, like, beautiful. Um, floating airships, you know, it's, like, old school. It's weird because it's, like, it's, a, it's like steampunk. Like, it's a combination between futuristic and past, like, medieval. Yeah, uh, I think steampunk stuff's really cool. It's yeah, a neat genre. It'd probably be that because we'd travel across the world in like a, it'd, it'd literally be on like an airship that's more like a, um, like almost like a hot air balloon with fucking yeah. repellents. Like then, a zeppelin. Yeah, like a zeppelin kind of thing, and just I don't know. And then you can cast magic though and stuff. Like characters have magic abilities, so yeah, it'd be like Final Fantasy Nine. It'd be like <laughs> living that world. If you could have one magical skill what would it be um i think that uh, i'd like to be able to instantly trans like instant trans like to, to be able to teleport ah so like if i could that. just think somewhere bam up here there because i like the whole flying thing that's okay but flying might not get you out of a pickle if someone's got a gun to you right or no. if you need to get to the store because you forgot egg whites. And London traffic. <laughs> See, come on. Whereas if you've anywhere you've physically visited in your life so far, if you can 
if you can like think of it with your eyes closed and just appear there, that would be great. Ah, okay. Because then it would give you an excuse to visit places because you want to get them added to your log. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to be able to go here if I don't go see it first. Exactly. So yeah, I've got to go to you know I've got to go to uh, China because I've never been there. So go to China. But at least once you've been there, when you come back to England or wherever you are, if you wish to go back to China, you can literally just trans. It's like the cookies on your browser. Yes. 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 There you go. It's not Pornhub. Got it. So I got, I got, so I got hit with a bunch of video game questions because people know James knows his shit. Hopefully I do. I've, 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 I've depends what video games is, doesn't it? What's the most important video game of all time? Oh shit! Um, it's got, to be fair, like let's go back a bit now. It's got, to, it's going to predate even the PlayStation. It has to be something like Super Mario Brothers three. Right, that's something so, that like I even play games. That's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> something yeah, that like went to a new level, yeah. Just because it it went from being just a side-scrolling game to jumping to introducing a map where you choose your levels. So the interface was like advanced, and then that interface was essentially open world before right. open world, and now games are open world where you walk around. So that was like the first game to introduce that kind of levels within levels right right so that was so important because before a game would just load and it'd be page 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 that was page finish the level come out and then you're on a separate page where you can see a whole island and Mm. move around and choose your next location so it was the first time you could travel outside of an actual mission level so that i think is a very very you know vital introduction into gaming and, and it took everything to the next step wow i think that's that not the answer that i expected that's fucking awesome okay here's one more best character ever um you have to do one evil one good don't you you can't just have best character ever. <laughs> um because i'm a massive fan of uh i'm a massive fan of dante from devil may cry He's a cool fucker. I don't know if any of you played Devil May Cry. No. So Dante is a half demon, half human. His father was um, the leader of... Basically, his father was a demon king who reputed against the demons who were evil and actually stood up for mankind, married a woman and had kids, and basically fought off evil and blocked hell from taking over Earth. And uh, So he's really cool. He's fucking amazing. So Dante. So that's my good pick. And then my bad pick is going to be... Um, Probably uh, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII because he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I like how quick that one ended. That's why. <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to elaborate at all. But, yeah, but, cunt but just, pretty much sums it up. Uh, he, he summons a meteor to destroy Earth while he's on it and kill everybody. So, is he planning on leaving before it hits or is he going to hang out and die with it? That is very magical. He, plans, he actually plans on it hitting the Earth causing massive amount of damage that he would absorb all of the energy and become a god that's ah. great so you can understand right, yeah. yeah i love this sh- i i understand why you love games because i i love that shit too i just feel like i don't have time <laughs> it, it's, it's he didn't have time he's out riding his bike for two hours at 40 years old he didn't have time you're so good at that, i'm very impressed with that but the thing is it's because movies can't go into the depths of what a game can because a game has a longer you know, span in a sense. You can have a, you can play a game for a hundred hours 
and the right. story unfolds gradually, whereas a film is what two hours. Yeah, you get more invested in the game. Plus, you're behind the controller, so you feel somewhat part of. Yeah, you're in it. Your yeah, your the course of the person's journey is, you know, it's you're partly here. Right, right. So it is. I think gaming is actually. I do think true gaming on that kind of scale is underappreciated and actually quite important as a art form because, like reading books, is important. I mm-hmm. do think gaming, when done in that kind of manner, like Final Fantasy or something like that, is very good for you creatively as a person growing up and able to actually like kind of um, mature your your headspace and allow you to understand things uh, on certain levels. And I think it's it's looked upon as really childish, but it certainly has its things it taught me. Right. Taught me taught me like the the the, the, the whole choose your path, choose your destiny. You know. Mm-hmm. I always, and con- consequences too that's yeah, one thing i read about games I, I always looked at life like it was a game i I hated i never wanted to admit that reality is as clear-cut as reality is i always wanted to believe that you are a very powerful being mm-hmm. in a world where if you apply yourself and train hard or do something you can actually break barriers and be something special and i still would say that the reason I had that mentality is because I played games that fed that mentality. And I think that it's a great thing to have because I don't think I would have got as far in my bodybuilding um, as I have if I didn't have that um, belief in the power of, of you know, I suppose, potential. Mm-hmm. And you know, life teaches you that you don't have a lot of potential when you listen to it for what it is. It's quite blunt. Whereas, right. But those worlds, those worlds let you see things that are so beyond and so other that i don't know it's very encouraging one one thing i i hope you like this i i, I haven't gamed for like 20 years i mean the last time i played games i you know finished diablo and diablo 2 and like some of those old games right yeah. um but one thing that i have kept in in my head as a, me- a bit of a metaphor or a bit of a reference is you know when you're playing those games you have like your armor your speed, yeah. your magic, you know, and you build them up over time and you, you might, you might go to a village and you might up your armor, yeah. you know, and then you might, you might need to up your magic and then you, and you got to decide what kind of character you want to be. Like, do you want, you know, all oh, armor or do you want all weapons? Uh, it's kind of the old job role system. So in the original, like Final Fantasies, yeah, you have certain attributes, like say you can increase spirit, which would help your magic go up, uh, defense, right. your armor, uh, vitality, which is your health, speed, which is your dexterity. So all those, yeah, your attributes to you as a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and and, and sway it determines what you are. And sometimes when life gets complicated or noisy or overwhelming, if sometimes I just boil things down to those, and I think like that, I think okay, yeah. my finances are here, mm-hmm. my health is here my you know relationships are here okay what do i need to work on let's bring this up and i'll actually see them like visualize okay i have to bring this up this has to come up a notch i like that and it's something that i just kept from game i I know i'm not a big gamer but it was something that just was always kind of easy for me to go back to and it it's it quiets all the noise yeah well because there's that wholesome feeling of being a younger man so it takes you, even though you're not trying to go back, it is a time when before the stresses were apparent, but also 
systemic like it is actually a great way to configure how to go forward like you've put something in place a way a way of which to um, compartmentalize things yeah like, you know yeah one, an e- easy way one that you see makes you feel very peaceful mm-hmm. right and another so thing another thing that you, can... you know someone might close their eyes and see the beach because when they grow up they spend time at the beach with their parents right. you're doing something of that nature but this is your way yeah and there's another thing too is sometimes you take a hit and you lose and so naturally goes boop and you know you don't know you fucking you run into a demon and he takes all your good swords so your fucking weapons go down and you've you've taken a hit but i know in the games you can you just go back to work yes right you just go back to work. You can get it back where it was. No problem. Yes. And I remember I remember vividly thinking that when I tore my leg. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just have to I, – I, you can do this. I've lost all my armor before. You just go around. You talk to the same shopkeepers. You go kill the same – you go re-kill that dragon, get your thing, get it back up. And it's yeah. – you know, I, I just thought I got to remember to tell James about that because I forgot last time you were on. I think uh... – <laughs> I think that's a very good thing to say, and I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that, and they'll be able to use that tool to help themselves. I had one more game question, and then it's yep. Dusty's turn to ask, you know, real-world stuff. Greatest game of all time? Uh, greatest game of all time. Um, fuck, that's hard. Um, Damn. Shit, son. Uh, that's probably if I'm if I'm honest with myself, something that like really gave on every level, and it's got to be fuck. I think it's got to be Final Fantasy VII. Okay, fuck. Uh, just because that was a trendsetter on everything that came after, and even if they did improve on it, nothing that came after would have been there if it wasn't for that. Right. Uh, the original Final Fantasy VII is probably my greatest game of all time. Fuck. Okay. Dusty's turn. <laughs> all right. Let me see here. Any laughs before the question? No. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more prepared for the fact you want to shift into all these uh, straight bodybuilding questions. Um, okay. These are quick ones, James. Uh, do you do your meat and potato movements in the beginning of a workout typically or the end, like rack dead squats, hacks? Uh, they're spread out. It, honestly, it's not like there's always something at the beginning, but then you know, I, I do my pulls off the floor at the end, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So there's no like the the workouts hard throughout. There's always meat and potatoes throughout. Uh, what is your what's your plan for the marketing in the off season? A lot of people really got into the way you're doing your YouTube now. Are you going to uh, keep everyone along for the ride with the change in the diet and all that stuff again? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm also going to um get stupidly strong and do some big lifts <laughs> you know <laughs> you know i've got a couple of numbers in my head that i fancy achieving that i'm gonna get done so right. um yeah certain certain amount of squat weight a certain amount of bench and a certain amount of deadlift definitely for for uh, what rep ranges are we talking about with that um we'll see we'll see we'll see what i can get away with does patrick talk about like does does patrick talk about raising rep ranges to be safer or any of that things because yeah, your packages yeah. are yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah patrick won't want me doing any one rep maxes but you know i might be able to sneak in a few little doubles 
Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say fives. Because <laughs> what, what I'll do, what I'll do is like, let's say I do a double. That double will be before I do my set, and I'll say that was my potentiation set to activate the muscle for the set that's going to be a little bit lighter. But then I took weight off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, I did the heaviest one so that I was activated for the one. Yeah, that's it's activation reps. Slightly lighter, and I'll do reps with. <laughs> I remember that that's uh, when you when you pulled 800 for uh, for two, I think it was. Uh, I think Luke was going to train with you that day or something like that and didn't end up. And he saw your shit on Instagram and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, he used to tell me off. He hated it. He's like, stop being silly. Stop being silly. But, you know. But it seems to work for you. Well, and I just like to do that every now and then because, again, it's like I say, once I get out of my system, then I'm, I find it a lot easier then to go into what I need to do for a show. Right. So. Uh, when you come off of a show like you're doing now and with the lockdowns, is your intention to not train at all or what are you going to do? Uh, train, but like me and Patrick have just agreed that it's literally like I'm not going to failure on anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the weight's 60% of what I normally use. I'll just get some good contractions. And uh, just keep a bit of blood flush around. If I don't train that day, so be it. Doesn't matter. There's no rush. Right. Uh, I remember, like with Luke, Luke would take like two, three weeks off minimum. But I don't really take time off because I still like to go to the gym. Because for me, I find training is a great way to obviously keep the metabolism in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I'm I'm going to enjoy some food. So I think it's a good way to kind of counter some of the damage that can be done. Right. <laughs> just. just <laughs> Like if you just sit and eat. So, you know, for me, training right now is to facilitate my appetite. Right. No, that, I actually completely understand that. That's like yeah. how you look at life. You're like, I do that. A tweak would be um, cardio. You know, most people don't do any cardio in the off season. I find if I don't do some, my training suffers because my breathing oh, suffers. Yeah, because shit. I do car- Listen, I'll do 20 minutes of cardio all through the year. And that, that makes my breakfast taste fantastic. It keeps my appetite good. It keeps training better. Mm-hmm. And again, it allows you just to keep a little bit more food in the body. So I'd rather right. do things that allow me to eat a bit more. Right. Agreed. Do you okay. ever have you ever done anything like that where when your metabolism is hot or I should say slowing from being in a longer off season where you're like, OK, I'm not really that hungry. I'll just go hit a 15 minute walk outside. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then eat. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's a great thing to do. I think anyone who feels that way should do that. Just mm-hmm. up back are, a little bit. Are, are there any foods that you and Patrick like decided to eliminate or focus on and that you weren't using before. Was there any real Um, changes there? I'm really lucky. I don't have any intolerances to anything. So we're pretty, pretty much have everything. Uh, we pulled bread from the diet when we got closer, but then that's back in now, um, Mm -hmm. more fruits back in now. He likes diversity in food. So we have a lot of different foods, um, Mm -hmm. different meats, different fish. Um, there's nothing in particular that we had to avoid. We still have whey protein, you know, up to the show pretty much um yeah so no there's nothing really though, like oh we can't have that I, I haven't had to ever report any food types that have given me issues so yeah all right yeah fortunately, one right. one i actually had a question ask james how many pieces of toast a day he's eating right now <laughs> uh right now it's like three in the evening i actually have it before bed it's with um my last meal before bed is actually whole grain toast and salmon right so uh-huh. i would have toast but i do really like cream of rice so my breakfast has cream of rice in it, and I've got chocolate-flavored one from Jordan that I use mixed with my normal one. So I nick some mm. of Jordan's one, put some of that one in there, 
and it makes the consistency really nice. And I get to have strawberries with it. So my breakfast is really nice uh, and it's filling. So cream of rice or toast, they're my two favorite carbs, of course. <laughs> cream of rice and toast. It's bodybuilder breakfast, eh? Bodybuilders can eat breakfast all day long. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. oh stock's making me hungry, man. It's been hours. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. I am going to order something. I'm just thinking of what to get. I love it. Well, that'll be the rule then when you when you log off. You gotta at least post in your story what you what you ordered after this. It's either gonna be KFC or McDonald's. I think KFC is always good. Oh, that does sound like a nice victory. Right? They don't have a lot of those where I live, so it's a it's a commitment. It's out of my four mile radius that I don't like to leave. Oh, you have to get out and get it. Shit. It's like a big fucking decision. I'm like, that's like five uh, miles. Yeah, I've got one <laughs> I got one less than a mile away, so it'll deliver literally in like fifteen minutes. Oh, see, that would, it's probably better for me because I'd be a fat fucking ass. <laughs> Dusty needs a perfect environment to not get fat. Yeah, exactly. I need a perfect environment I, for everything. I kind of do as well, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, remember, the only question I had to ask was uh, when you were getting back to breakfast, so. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's one. Here's one. What's the worst habit that you've ever broke and quit? Um, I don't, I've never really had any bad habits. The only habit I had that was bad, but I can't do it now, is because I've got no hair. So when I had hair, I used to pick it. I used to do this all the time, and then I know I made myself like bald in a spot. But then now I'm obviously fucking bald, bald, so I can't do it. So were you like when you'd be like reading or thinking, you'd like yeah, find yeah, yourself? Yeah, and it, yeah, I'll do that, and then I'll do this with my mouth, like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say, man. The- I'm so glad that you're, that's the, you're the, pa- the palest white man, so I can go after this here. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would always do it, and you know, like anyone who was around me, like you're doing it again, you're doing it again. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> right. But yeah, now, now, because the hair does, the hair doesn't isn't there. That doesn't trigger that, which doesn't trigger the mouth. They're connected. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. He broke the cycle. <laughs> the cycle is broken. The cycle it was broken because he pulled all of his hair out. He has none left. That, did, that had nothing did, to do with DHT conversion. That was purely monkey pulling. Yeah, yeah. this is not Masteron. This is me. <laughs> I love awesome. your Masteron head. Um, here's one. Um, no, I, I, I might have missed something. I don't know if I didn't, if I just didn't read it or if. Uh, but the question is, what is going through your head during your posing routine? Uh, was it uh, emotional with no music? What happened yeah. there? I chose to do no music because I wanted to do two minute silence for Luke. I missed that. I did not know you did that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say it to anyone. I just that was my way of just honoring him. Really, I just wanted to just have a moment where people could just remember the point that the show was a tribute to Luke, and that's why I hit a few. Tried to hit a few couple of his poses. Um, oh yeah, that was it. Really, just wanted- I, it's funny. I saw all the pics, but I didn't see a video of your routine, so I just didn't know that you did that. Yeah, that was just my way. I just thought. You know what? Um, that's what we do when like soldiers have fallen or yeah, all that we care about. And I just thought that's just a very simple and easy way for me to do it and just be a bit tasteful. Did, uh, did did you? Was there an announcement or did you just come out to silence? No, 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 no I just came out to silence. I just asked them, just please play no music today. That's nice. It. They were cool. They were like, yes, yeah, fine. So I was like, cool. So huh. I think they, they got the gist of it. They knew why. I think I just kind of 
Right. So you didn't make you didn't make a big deal about it. Or you just did it. No, no, I didn't make a deal. Didn't tell. Yeah. It's literally just did it, and I think anyone with people understood. They just knew. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard to miss if you if you understand those types of things. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's a, it's amazing how powerful silence can be. I, I love that shit. I'm upset that I for some reason missed that. I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just didn't see anyone know. mention it. You know now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll go back and find it now. That's awesome. Um, you'd be the first, be the first pro ever to post no music. I don't know if that's the case, but usually it's unintentional, isn't it? Usually it's because the DJ fucks <laughs> up. <laughs> I posted, I posted someone else's music before. <laughs> yeah, it's happened to all of us. All the great of course, <laughs> of course. Come, come out to some disco music. So, all right. I'll do my best. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Go ahead, Dusty. No, I mean, basically, we've kind of covered the majority of what I had here. I just uh, think for us, it's more exciting to uh, to see what's next. That's my obsession. I, I have a few good ones I was saving. Fire them off, dude. Time's a cooking here. You're like two hours deep. Fire. I was I was saving so this one. are still bodybuilding and eating. Oh, it's not. <laughs> What is the is there a perfect foot? Describe it. Um, it would have to be <laughs> probably slightly tanned. Yeah, sun kissed, sun kissed, sun kissed. Yeah, uh, a little bit of vein. It'd right. Have to have like one, a, a, a nice because that's be a relatively lean foot. So it's a slightly athletic evidence of athleticism, but not not skinny to the point where there's all the tendons. Right, malnourished. He doesn't like yes. my feet. Toes, toes. Not, need not, to be not good for childbearing. Malnourishment. Toes will be all in order of height, so they need to gradually yes. get taller. Uh, can, can the can the second toe be no, longer than no, the big toe? No, no, I don't think so. Not for the perfect foot. It could still be a nice foot. But it wouldn't be the perfect foot. Um, and has to have a nice arch. Right, right. Not not collapsed. Can't have a collapsed arch. <laughs> Right, no flat. Do you have to see their f- footprint in the stand in order to tell if there's an adequate arch? Not if he's holding their foot. No, because I'm going to hold the foot. I've got the foot okay. lying in my face. You're just <laughs> holding it, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I got it in my, my face is the sand, Rod. <laughs> is, there an, is there an ankle to foot size ratio yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. looking at? A, a relatively small ankle is nice. Um, but they have to have a nice kind of almost diamond. Their ankles have to have some detail. They have to be quite bony. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, I could go into this. I could really now, go into this. Now, could, now, what, what about the nails? What about the nails? What do they do the nails, with the pet the situation? Need, the, the nails need to be slightly longer than natural. Um, right. And to be fair, they could either be they could be painted, or they could just be absolutely pristine and uh, maybe even with white tips. Uh, oh, a little French, French manicure, manicure, French pedicure, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 and that would be good. Yeah. So they don't uh, have to have fake nails as long as they're they're no, really fake. No, care no, of. I wouldn't want fake. I'd just want really looked after. Um, and really, other than that, they should probably uh, probably smell like um, smell like some sort of uh, I don't know what would be the ideal smell. I guess strawberries and apple juice. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm thinking fruity or if I'm thinking like maybe more. Um, I see. I see. James Moore is like is a, a 
a vanilla romance kind of guy, yes, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am very, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that. Maybe, I think, like, white cotton. There you go. <laughs> like, really clean cotton. I love it. <laughs> He's got a woman whose foot smells like gain laundry detergent. This is it, like, <laughs> it has to smell like, like dove soap. There you go. Now I understand what you're looking for. Yeah. Can, can there be some cow? Can there be some like evidence of wear and tear on the bottom? Like, can they have like uh, calluses from running? They have to be really uh, sanded down. Uh, I think they need to be really sanded down and smooth. They need to use a pummel stone <laughs> daily, <laughs> daily, yeah. daily pummel stone usage. No cracked heels. Hydrated. <laughs> good, good news. I can walk around with my feet out anytime. James don't give a shit about them. Cracked heels, mess. Are, are you? Yeah. Are you? Uh, what level of bad foot offends you? Like, if I'm not offended by any, I'm just telling you what I would like. It's not favorite. perfect. You foot. asked for a perfect foot, Ron. Yeah, right. exactly. I no, I just didn't know if he would judge us on our feet. I don't know how severe it for has sure. to be. Sure, he judges us anyways. He's allowed to. I, you know, I you know I can judge. I can judge. We'll um. I'm, I'm pretty sure. The thing is, I'm a man's foot and a woman's foot are very different. I don't find a, a man's foot like the attractive like I do like a woman's foot. No, it's but just, do you hold it to a standard? Like you look at the guy and go, "Oh, that fucking." Oh, really? I, I, I'm like, his like life I'm, must be. No, because I look at guys like we use our hands and feet to do stuff. We geezers right. we work hard. I don't mind us getting a bit rough. Right. So right. women kind of like you're meant to. I, like I don't know. I look at them like you're beautiful beings that are meant to be protected and delicate right so if it needs to be pristine because you're a goddess <laughs> i love it i love i love how you rolled that out I'm, uh, I'm i'm glad i saved that one to the end dusty yeah i i am too i mean the level of depth now i'm gonna be walking around at the uh scottsdale quarter this afternoon looking at everyone's feet i'm like nah I, james doesn't I'm, need I'm you i'm gonna try and find the perfect foot i'm gonna try and if i do if i if i manage to do that in my lifetime I'll take a snap and I'll share that snap and I'll I, make sure it was I the think, first. I think I'm motivated to spend some time rubbing Emily's feet tonight and just appreciating that I have a nice set of Good. feet that I maybe Should. don't think about enough. You should, man. I always James, like, sorry, being on the sofa her credit. Or, the, or the couch and then you have their feet on your lap and you just give them a little massage. That's a great thing. <laughs> Is that the ticket to the heart? I think that's the ticket to anything, anything you want from them. <laughs> <laughs> it is a valid point, actually. Yeah, oh, man. You rub feet, especially if they're doing any sort of effort. They're like, you immediately go, everyone's feet hurt. They just don't know it. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So right. no, one, no one doesn't appreciate a good foot massage. That's actually true. I got to give them that. Yeah. Man, that ties into uh, to so many things and so many lessons that we learned from Pulp Fiction about foot massages too. There's another classic reference. So thank you very much, James. Oh, that's the squint in Tarantino like feet. Yeah. Because in Dusk Till Dawn, if you remember. Yes. Uh, she puts her foot in his mouth and literally pours beer down her leg. And that was, that might have sparked my interest actually as a kid. That was well, the beginning. Tar Selma Hayek's feet. That was the beginning. Tarantino has a bit of a foot thing, right? So if you watch, if you watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, that one girl keeps putting her feet up on Brad Pitt's dash, and they keep putting the camera on. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of his thing. He's into it's like it. when you have a fetish and you just put it out there all the time. It's great. Yeah. So listen, it's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> well, it's, and it's a lot more. It's a lot more. I think 
if you've got it under control, like James does, I think it's a little more socially accepted. Because if I had a Quentin Tarantino film, it'd be like, they keep just randomly showing tits. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) I saw Quentin do it with the feet. Why can't she put her boobs on the dash? Why is that weird? Yeah, there's a subtlety to it, isn't there, apparently? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that it's got the same subtlety when you go my way. (laughs) It's just not subtle. (laughs) (laughs) And neither am I. There we go. No. Well, thanks, man. You gave us a lot of time. We appreciate it. Um, I know you're a busy dude with all the podcasting and YouTubing and winning pro shows and being a freak and, you know, rubbing feet and playing Final Fantasy. That's James Hollingshead, everyone. That is, that's literally me. (laughs) (laughs) There's my life in a nutshell. Yeah, man. And on that note, I'm probably going to uh, get back onto Final Fantasy. Well, uh, thanks, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, you're our first repeat guest. So, uh, you know, we're we're very thankful to have you. And uh, our, you know, the first episode, everyone just fucking loved what you had to say. And I'm sure you won't disappoint this time at all. So you, once man. again, and we're all proud of you, man. Thank you so much. It means a lot, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are good guys and uh, just happy to be a part of our little bodybuilding family, to be fair, mate. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep it up, man. Thanks, James. Thanks again, guys. Peace out. So, what do you think about KFC now? I mean, that's really what I got from all that was that KFC is a good choice. And uh, I'm just trying to think of side side dishes. Yeah, that's not what I was supposed to. No, I haven't had I haven't had KFC in so long, man. But I remember I used to love the fries and gravy. Fry. Oh, fucking Canada! They don't have fries at KFC in the states. Oh, they had like the craziest gravy. It was like the, the, gravy, saltiest, yes. the saltiest, craziest <clears throat> gravy ever. I wonder if they have it. In, see, you should have brought that up. Now, I don't know if they have it in the UK or not. I got to text James. Damn. We don't know. I didn't realize we went so long there. We were like an hour and 40, 40 minutes with them, weren't we? Yeah. Well, and I got screwed because I got stuck out of my house. So I'm, I'm only eating twice today. And I'm like, listen, listen, James, I like you, but I'm fucking hungry. And I got yelled at for eating on the show one time. I had like three people. We shouldn't eat on the show. I'm like, bitch. So, my, my 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 two takeaways from that interview were first of all, I was rather impressed with his video game answers, even though I don't know the games he's talking about. It sounds like he really fucking knows what he's talking about. There's a lot of depth there. A lot of depth there. It's very interesting. I want to know more. And then the second thing was, he really fucking knows his feet. There was a that was a. I'm not a foot guy, but I I was visualizing it. While he was going. You, you know what my requirements for feet generally have been? Don't stink. Clean. Attached to a living female. Living helps. Well-kept, decently-kept appearance. Yeah, I don't want, like, a fucked-up one or anything, but as long yeah. as there's nothing, like, drastic, yeah. But I wouldn't hold it against her. Like, if she danced ballet and she had some gnarly toes, I'd be like, eh, fuck, you know, she danced ballet. Yeah, but they would be probably got two amazing legs. Yeah, there you go. Then you got the ballet calves, the ballet legs, the ballet butt, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, makes sense. You know, that's how I see the world, Dusty. I get it. Yeah, and I can't can't judge shit. I mean, look at me. It's a fucking mess. (laughs) You're going to be like, I can't believe you're here. This is awesome. You're going to be on a date. You're going to be on your next date, whenever that is, you know, dining with Dusty tonight or something. And um, you're going to be holding her foot in your hand, just staring at it. And she's going to be like, what is up with my feet? And you're going to be like, you know, I never looked before. There's a lot going on down here. I think I might start reviewing them for James. I'm just sending them to him for reviews. 
like a full breakdown and I'll have a, a Hollingshead reviews feet section on my YouTube. It'll be huge. You could definitely have it. I feel good about it. Okay, buddy. What do we tell the people? Like, subs- share, subscribe, comment, bell. bell. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of courtesy comments is always helpful. It makes me feel good. Um, you know, bring up the things that we say, like, you know, too much, you know, is my thing. Yeah. And then I've had several people go, I wonder how long Ron's going to keep his mouth open for that. I love that shit though, because it would fuck with someone else for, for me. I already know. Cause you, you know, know, sometimes, sometimes someone's given an answer and I'm just like, huh, but I'll <laughs> sit there for five minutes. Like just listening. I and, dig that. See, and I didn't see, I don't know that about you because I, I'm, I'm so focused on your story that I'm not really paying attention. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So, these people. Know. I love that people these, do that though because that's humorous to me. Like, I, I hope that sometime I'll get caught in something I didn't know, because all of mine, I'm like, oh, these have been terrible things of me my whole life. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable, so I laugh a lot. What's? Uh, let me ask you this before we go. I know you're starving. Yes, I am. What's the hardest thing about doing this podcast? Ser- like seriously, what's the most difficult thing? Like, we, there anything that every once in a while you're like, ah, I hate this part. This part's weird. Or, no, I think the. I mean, truthfully, is is now that it's rolling so well, I actually have started to put thought into what we could do to make it better. Uh, in the beginning, I enjoyed just the fact that just like the majority of life, I just wing it. But now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, like like Hollingshead, you have a two hour time period with someone who I think brings so much to the table uh, beyond being a freak, and I always just hope that we can encompass with our guidance of the show and our questions enough of who they are. Cause I kind of feel like that's our responsibility. Like these people that we bring on, we don't bring on people we don't already know are awesome. It's our job to bring that out. And sometimes I'm like, we'll get done and I'll think of something. I'm like, shit. Yeah. That was important. And if we don't ever get him on again, will they know that about him? You know what I mean? Because we do have <clears throat> every guest has something about them. I'll be honest, we have a lot of people that either we haven't gotten on or there's some people that I just don't care because they don't have any depth to me. Um, so someone like James, I do feel like a responsibility. So when we're done, I kind of I find myself thinking and going, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think the hardest thing about this podcast for me is, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm usually not at a loss for words, right? Like I'm, you know, a talker, I'm a pretty social person, I'm. I usually find a way to ask the question, but every once in a while, I'll, there'll be something, you know, maybe you'll be asking a question or they'll be answering a previous question. And I'm trying to find a way to put something into words that's like that. You're trying to get something like you just thought of something you want to get out of them Mm -hmm. because you're like, Oh shit, maybe no one's asked this before, but sometimes it's hard to word things the way you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then the second thing that's hard about the, uh, the podcast is sometimes there's just like, you know, sometimes we're talking and they don't hear the question because there's a freeze on on the the software or something. And then there's like maybe they didn't hear it right. Like there's been a handful of times where I've asked a question and the guest has answered something that wasn't the question I asked because there was a few words they might have not heard. Right. Like maybe they heard a garbled like and they start answering something else. I'm like, oh, we're off. Oh, I miss. And it's so th- there's the odd like sort of like you said, we're driving the show. Right. We're trying to get the interesting stuff out of them, you know, and sometimes you, you, you think you missed something or you're like, oh, fuck, we didn't go back to that question I missed. And but you know what's good, though, is at the end, I, I have found 
that helps uh, with that is we stumble upon things when we're nowhere near them and then it just kind of goes and we're fortunate enough. The guests we have on are all pretty well spoken. Yeah. So when they get into a groove, I, I've definitely found and this, you know, when we first started, my biggest fear was talking too much. I want to get out of the guest way, but also get information, you know, understand them. So it's a it's a tricky line, you know, whereas but if they get rolling like James, I could step back and just walk away and he's got it under control. He's got such yeah. a clear vision of in my opinion, life that I, I mean, when we hang up with a lot of these guys, I get done and I'm like, I actually feel like either I am better or I have something to focus on to become better because I take, talk to these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I heard Rogan talk about this once and I mean, you know, obviously he's kind of like the pinnacle of, yeah. of what goes on with any sort of podcasting. <laughs> and, and he said that, you know, he tries to let the guests talk as much as possible, but it is a conversation Yes. So you do have to talk and you just want to make sure any Rogan said this is the most difficult part for him was to make sure you talk enough that you give them something to work with. Yeah. <laughs> if not, they're like, why am I? You can't here? just leave them hanging out to dry. You can't just ask three word questions or like, you know, yeah, you have to talk enough with them that they relax and they feel like they're having a conversation. But you have to talk less or a uh, little enough that they talk like 80% of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is not about you. They listen to you every week. Yeah. So you're trying to have a conversation with someone and you're trying to intentionally hold back and give them the floor, but without them feeling like they notice it, I guess right. is the magic spot. Mm-hmm. Cause when you, when you feel like you have the floor, it's a lot different of a conversation than when you feel like you're just chatting with your buddies Right. So you're trying to, don't you find when you're, I'm trying to lead someone to, to, to give me their answer without telling them what their answer is supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because you do get a lot of that. Not, not even intentionally, but when you ask someone a question, you got to keep, like you said, focused enough that they know what you want, but not so driven home that they're like, Oh, you want me to say this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a tricky line. So we're 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 working on it and that's why I think a lot of times I'll catch myself and I'm like shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> right. Let him and answer. I, Let him well, answer. I, yeah. And 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 then there's sometimes too like sometimes there'll be an uh I'll make a note and I'll be like fuck, I think I talked too long or it's I'll do something that annoys me cuz I annoy myself more than anyone else could possibly be annoyed by me. So, um I'll do a bunch of stuff that irritates me. Right. And then I'll think, oh, fuck, that's going to sound so stupid or that's going to be dumb or whatever. And then when I'll watch the episode back, because I try to watch them all just one time through just to see how they went. Um, Most of the time, those like weird spots that I'm worried about, most of the time they're just a blink. They're either just a blink, like they're just like they're insignificant. They come and go. It's not a big deal. And I'll like even look at the comments to see if anyone noticed that weird moment. And like there'll be no comments about it at all. I'm like, oh, it's somebody. It was just a, you know, silence for a second. They didn't hear me, got the question wrong or whatever. And then it just moves on. It's like not as big of a deal as we think it is, you know, because this long form conversation is a lot different than, you know, a two minute interview where you could say accidentally say one wrong word and completely change your message. Right. 
Yeah, no. And you know that I'm I'm completely opposite here in that I've actually never watched one of these back, not even five <laughs> minutes. And but the reason for that is is because I, I find you can analyze too much. You know when you're done. The only thing you work on is uh is is making sure, like I said, the like we've talked about is just making sure we have a little more structure. And whereas when it's just you and I, I actually prefer that there's no structure. Right. I mean I, exactly I tell people I mean, yeah. all the time that this is like going to dinner with us. Uh, except for we don't have the margarita pizza and there's no steak and rice coming. But other than that, yeah. we'll see where this shit goes. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, you know, as uh, as far as we're talking about all this stuff that can go wrong on a podcast, um, you know, right down back to James is he was he's just such a great guest because, you know, that we just had so many easy spots to just let him talk. Yeah. You know, and 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 you can tell that he wants to get his message out too mm-hmm. but it's you a well know, thought he, out thing too i've never watched and i actually there's a few people i always follow if they do uh interviews with anybody and there's never been a time even if it's a lengthy explanation that i've thought he's derailed like right. i always feel like even when he's done i'm like man he could have went a little longer and i'd have been okay with that because you're you're getting moved in a direction based on his response you know i mean I'd be more than happy to have him come on and, and tell us about Kilimanjaro all over again. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, for those of you who missed it, watch his first interview where he tells a fantastic story about climbing a mountain. <laughs> I've never done. There we go. Well, do you want to cut it here, buddy? I got to go. I got stuff to do. I have a life. Beautiful. Yeah, I don't, but I got to go eat. Okay. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. He literally has stuff to do. He had to. He gone. He didn't even say goodbye to you. Just fuck off. Leave this part. Leave this part. Oh, he's yeah, calling on, on another Skype. Yeah, he, or yeah, he's. Uh, I'll answer on the other computer here. Let's talk shit to him from this one. Hold on a minute. I didn't mean to hang up on you. <laughs> no, it's too late. It's too late. My Hold heart on a second. Broken. Hold on a second. I'm gonna now. Dusty. Here we go. This is insane. Oh shit! Oh shit! God, Camera. So much happening right now. I've got Dusty over here on one computer, Ron on another computer. I don't even know what to think at the moment. That's because we got hung up on by Ron. He was done with us. He just fucking hung up. <laughs> We're getting ready to to wrap this episode. This is hilarious. <laughs>